The Philippines Central Bank launched in July its inaugural sustainability report. It talks about how it is carrying out the first empirical study of climate change's impact on banks and how it is setting up the country's first national taxonomy. This is the Eco Business Podcast, and I'm Hannah Alcoseba Fernandez. Banco Central ng Pilipinas, or BSP, has been driving sustainable finance even at the beginning of the pandemic. In April 2020, the BSP started requiring financial institutions to disclose their exposure to environmental and social risks in a policy framework on sustainable finance. Although the BSP did not explicitly ask local banks to quit coal, it encouraged them to adopt green strategies by rewarding lending to undertakings that are environmentally sustainable while penalizing those that are not. In today's podcast, we speak with Lynn Javier, Assistant Governor of the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, where she discusses the significance of these initiatives for green finance in the Philippines and what challenges were faced to help achieve them. Join me in welcoming Banco Central ng Pilipinas Assistant Governor Lynn Javier. Thank you so much for being us with us today, Assistant Governor Javier, and congratulations on the Central Bank's efforts in coming up with its first sustainability report, something that not all central banks in Asia have. Tell us about your journey in crafting this and what challenges you overcame. Yeah, Thank you very much, Hannah and Echo Business for having us here in your podcast to share also our experiences on the BSP Sustainability Report. You know, the BSP Sustainability Report is actually one of the commitments of the BSP under the Sustainable Central Banking Program. We launched this last December 2022, and we have 11 commitments there, including the publication of a report that embodies our our practices, policies, and how we have embedded sustainability principles in our operations. So all the work actually started when our leadership, the BSP Monetary Board, adopted the sustainability agenda. As it started with a tone from the top, Now we have implemented capacity and awareness building program within the bank to also familiarize the personnel of the BSP and what the sustainability agenda is. And then we conducted a vulnerability assessment exercise on the branches and um, offices of the BSP in the region using a local tool that's the hazard hunter. So we assessed actually the the vulnerabilities of of, uh, this touch points and then the, the results of this assessment actually fed into our own risk management system. And then the, the second work that we did actually is a self-assessment exercise. So we identified key operations of the BSP and our own policies and identified the gaps in terms of adopting sustainability agenda. I, I guess the, the challenge is not actually in preparing the sustainability report, but signaling and flagging uh to the organization that we are doing this and we are committed to do the sustainability agenda. The self-assessment exercise, it's quite you know, difficult to complete, particularly if you're, if you're not aware of what these risks are. That's why this has to be complemented with engagement as well as partnership with experts and development partners to guide us in the process. When you say uh, you had to conduct a self-assessment exercises and the difficulty uh, was in the particular branches, was it because maybe not everybody understood the terms perhaps or the concept? Would that be it? 
the self-assessment exercises covered all, uh, basically all departments and units within the Banco Central. So why is it difficult? Because again, yes, you're correct. We're talking about firms that we're not familiar with. We are looking at uh, targets and objectives that are not part of our day-to-day -day operations. That's why it's very important for us to, to tap the expertise of um, um, experts and our development partners to guide us through the process. Why is it significant for the BSP to have its own sustainability report? Because there are uh, central banks in Asia like China, Malaysia, Thai central banks that are visible, but uh, we don't see uh, other central banks being uh, as visible. I think it signals a strong commitment on the part of the BSP to promote the sustainability principles, that we are also adopting the same standards that we have set out for financial institutions. So these standards are being adopted within the BSP policy-wise, operations-wise. This reflects also our role as mobilizer. When financial institutions see that the BSP is doing this, we hope that we could shape and influence decisions as well as strategies of financial institutions in this journey. I'll get to the report in itself. It said something about carrying out the first empirical study of climate change's impact on the country, and it will push for lenders to disclose climate assets. What are the implications of this for Philippine banks? Uh, okay. We actually had the first stress testing exercise under the Financial Sector Assessment Program mission, jointly conducted by the IMF and the World Bank. So what they assessed actually is physical risk. So they measured the economic and financial impact of physical capital destruction from typhoon winds. And that report has been uh, published and posted already. Now, again, with the development partner, we're, we're conducting a stress testing for transition risk and uh, a vulnerability assessment exercise. Now, the stress testing for transition risk covers the bigger banks that we're talking about, the universal and commercial banks. The vulnerability assessment exercise, now this covers the smaller types of banks, the thrift and the rural banks. The results of both of these exercises would be um, a technical note featuring also the methodology that we adopted, as well as an insights paper. We wanted to share our experience in terms of conducting this exercise, hoping that this would further inform the risk management systems and decisions also of our supervised financial institutions. This would lead to a circular or a policy issuance on the guidelines and expectations of the BSP on the conduct of climate stress testing exercises. You know, honey, as they say, anything that can be measured can be managed. So when we already see a quantitative impact of climate change, then this would all again trigger and facilitate action of financial institutions to effectively manage this risk. From a disclosure standpoint, now financial institutions, when they disclose, disclose their exposures, their potential impact internally, it would actually drive them to action. They'd be able to measure their progress uh, year by year, and also investors would be more attracted to, we also have to assess the potential impact of impacts of climate change on the vulnerable sector, including micro, small, and medium enterprises. So as we expect the more complex and the bigger banks to adopt sophisticated tools in managing these types of risk, in cases of extreme weather episodes, we have high levels of non-performing loans, the deposit levels will uh, go down. 
And because also of the experience of the BSP through the years, we have already institutionalized a set of relief measures for the smaller banks that they could actually apply for relief measures to, to allow them to recover from the impact of the typhoon without the, you know, the stringent, again, requirements of the BSP. The report touched on was setting up the Philippine Sustainable Finance Taxonomy Guidelines, which it said would be built on the country's nationally determined contributions and the ASEAN's taxonomy. So the ASEAN's taxonomy is the first one to include a coal phase-out. So since you're basing our taxonomy on it, does this mean that you may be also crafting uh, our taxonomy to include a managed coal phase-out? Let's go back to the regulatory framework of the BSP, Hannah, if I may. The, the regulatory framework expects banks to progressively increase their exposures to green and sustainable projects because we know that change will not happen overnight. And we know that the financial institutions should continue to support the needs of the economy. So that's, that's a critical balance between we are transitioning to sustainability, to sustainable operations, and ensuring that the economy has its financial need supported by, by the banking industry. So having said that, the taxonomy that we're developing along with other financial sector regulators under the auspices of the financial sector forum. So we're talking about the Securities and Exchange Commission, the BSP, the IEC, and the PDIC. Uh, it, it's an important trail in promoting the sustainability agenda. As now this would facilitate identifying activities and investments using a traffic light system similar to the ASEAN taxonomy. And the emphasis of that taxonomy would the um, primary objectives would be on climate change mitigation and adaptation. We do hope that through this important trail, it will facilitate decision making and promote alignment of the strategic objectives of our financial institutions and their actions and decisions in terms of their exposures. Now, for external stakeholders, the taxonomy will better guide investors in terms of making informed decisions. So in short, not yet. It will not specifically include. The managed coal transition, the transition to sustainable operations or to net zero will always be aligned with the energy plans and the national determined contributions of the country. Do you have a timeline of when you will be launching our green taxonomy? Yes, um, we will be exposing a consultative document on the taxonomy. We are targeting to expose it by, by this month. So, mm. yeah, okay. and then soliciting insights and inputs also of various stakeholders before we publish the, the, the entire document that will be uh, released. In 2020, the central bank started requiring local financial institutions to report on their energy investments. And then that same year, RCBC became the first Filipino bank to declare that it will stop funding new coal projects. And then BPI followed suit the year after. And then in 2022, uh, BDO said that it will cut its coal exposure by half in the next decade. Do you think the BSP circular had a hand in these banks' announcements of reducing coal investments? Well, even before we issued circular number 1085 on the sustainable finance framework, we have what we call as the first mover banks. They are well 
ahead in terms of developing products and services, uh, promoting the sustainability agenda. They have dedicated offices and sustainability officers already. So I guess this bank's actually facilitated also action in the banking industry. What I could say is that the publication of the sustainability report actually supports the initiatives and strategies of these financial institutions and highlighting that there's one goal in the financial sector, and that is to adopt a sustainability agenda. We can't take all the credit for it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Why is it a challenge to put uh, climate-specific rules and regulations in the BSP agenda? The impacts of climate change, we're just familiar, say, with the impact of extreme weather episodes. That's why I, I mentioned earlier that even before we adopted the sustainable finance framework, we have in place an institutionalized regulatory relief measures for, for banks affected by extreme weather episodes. But for the slow onset trends like rising sea level or temperature, we cannot yet identify these triggers and even before you adopt the, the sustainability agenda, you have to understand how this would now tra be transmitted to the financial statements of banks. And as, as Mark Carney put it in his uh, tragedy of the horizon speech, the, the, the time horizon that we are looking for the impacts of climate change, it's, it's quite long. It's different from the usual time horizon that we're using for our risk surveillance and um, assessment. What's next? for the BSP in terms of sustainability? Other than the taxonomy and the report on stress testing and vulnerability assessment exercises, we are also looking at revising or amending the reports that we um, get from banks, the prudential reports, to capture more granular information again, to assess the ESG-related risk exposures of the banking industry. Because right now, I, I guess globally, uh, the reports that regulators are receiving are not designed to capture ESG-related risks. So our direction is to capture more granular information in that space. What are you most proud of with the Banco Central ng Pilipinas that would set it apart from other central banks in Asia? Banco Central ng Pilipinas, it's not just about, say, adopting international standards or being aligned with global best practices. So that's, that's, that's one factor. Another important factor is that we are sensitive to domestic conditions and challenges. We make sure that the policies we issue and the, the, the approach that we are taking are suited to the, the, the banking industry and, res, and are responsive to the needs of financial institutions. At the end of the day, we wanted to promote a safe, sound, sustainable, resilient financial system, again, to better serve the Filipinos. So, Thank you so much, Assistant Governor Lynn Javier. Thank you, Anna. This podcast was hosted by Eco Business, Asia's leading media company serving the region's sustainability community. Join the conversation by logging on to eco-business.com. Follow us on social media or subscribe to our newsletter.